Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Connor McKenna. Not the thrown one, as you can probably see there. Uh, Well-known GA fanatic and journalist himself. So great to, to, to have Connor on here to review through all the weekend's action, run through all the, the big talking points across the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship and the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship as well. There was a whole host of big moments, including Derry's big win against Toronto. result that very much did come to a big surprise to, to many people. You obviously had Monaghan, who comfortably dispatched down. Claire and Limerick on to penalties as well, so plenty to discuss. Um, so first of all, Connor, what's the crack with yourself? You're keeping well? Yeah, not too bad. Now I was up in Ome yesterday in, in Mullingar Saturday night for the Westmead Longford. So plenty of football this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what was that? We were chatting a bit off air there. I mean, in terms of obviously being at that game, like obviously a lot of Derry fans traveling up to uh, to Oma for that game. So, I suppose what was it like seeing those Derry supporters? I mean, I'd imagine they're they're probably over the moon. I mean, some of them are probably still there in the pubs and whatnot. Yeah, well, I'd actually know a lot of Derry supporters personally, and I was chatting to some of them. They were very, very pleased, very thrilled. I think. Derry had only won one Ulster Championship match in the last 10 years before yesterday. But I think that probably doesn't tell the full story because some of the draws were very, very tough. But I just thought yesterday, from day one when the draw was made, like three years, Derry might have been fun and saying oh, another Division One team were only probably beaten again in the first round. But it was a different attitude this year with Derry. The attitude was very much we can win this. And there was a total buy-in from the players in the league. We saw the league, they made a huge bounce. I think they were the first team ever to be promoted in the league ever not to be promoted in the league since the new format came in in 2007 while getting 11 points so they were very lucky I said it to a few lads there was a lot made of Derry's record um, or Derry's game against Galway in Owen Beg in the league this year when they kind of collapsed in the first 30 minutes but that was Derry's only substandard performance probably in the last two and a half seasons since maybe post when the action resumed in 2020 in October there so Derry have played very very well the last two and a half years they should have beaten Donegal last year Valley Buffet had they won that game, they would have had a very, very good chance of beating Tyrone last year. And this year, they've pushed on and proven that they probably are good enough to be judged at the very, very top end teams at the moment. And I'd say Rory Gallagher is very, very pleased. 100%. Yeah, and as you were saying there, it was Tyrone 10 points. Derry 118. I mean, a, a commanding victory, really, from, from start to finish from the Derry men. And as you said there, Derry's first win against Tyrone in the Championship since 2006. And actually, they inflicted Tyrone's worst defeat at home in the championship since 1966 so a huge huge victory to put up from uh from Derry and Rory Gallagher's men I mean when you look at Derry in particular when you've seen them sort of you know the, the way they've come into this uh game obviously being so convinced you know having played very well throughout division two obviously very close to beating Donegal and Armand the last two seasons like was it that big of a surprise that Derry pulled off the victory here against Throne maybe obviously the margin of victory is probably a surprise no, and it was funny because my friend Donald Barry just presented Terrace Talk and Radio Kerry and myself and Liam Brosnan and Donald were on there back after Kerry beat Dublin in February. And he asked me, well, what was the dad long shot for the championship? And I said, I'll tell you now, Derry's going to beat Tyrone in round one of the Ulster Championship and could be All-Ireland contenders yet. But I think Donald gave me a tweet there yesterday. But Liam Brosnan was on and he tipped Limerick as his dark horse and they beat Clare. So it was one of the rare ones where shots in the dark come 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 good but um yeah it wasn't a surprise to my eyes at all yesterday to be honest i think if you look at the, the standard of club football in Derry, i think it's not only is it better than the standard of club football in Tyrone, but i'd say it's probably a good bit better if you look at it like on the basis that last year steelstown won in all ireland they were very very comprehensive in the end in the final but that's a team growing in Derry city that's another powerhouse for Derry that they probably it's a it's a sleeping giant in the sense that they, they really need to exploit that um 
minefield of, of Gaelic football and they're doing that very very much now Gaelic football has grown in City I think Sean Dolans have been in a final very recently in junior but like they, they're kind of coming as well a bit so there's about four teams in the city on the edge in junior who are going to push up and steal some now who won the intermediate last year like so if you look at those and like another good example is Glenn Waddy Graham's there Matarad Mickey or Maliki O'Rourke was managing them last year but if you look at them they drew with Kilku last year and could have won the game, like and they could have easily won the All Ireland as well. Like so, well, if you look, the Toronto clubs haven't made anywhere near as much impact in the in the club series. Then, so I think that the standard club football in Derry is very, very strong. The standard of schools football is very, very strong. I think St Pat's Mahara, very, very good. They had a team there one year. A lot of the lads who played in that team, who played yesterday, would have played in that team. The likes of Connor Glass, Shane McGuigan, Shay Downey. I think they played against St. Brendan's in Killarney in the school's final. I think that was the when David Clifford kind of burst onto the scene that year. And, but that team was a match for them. And I suppose when David Clifford was a minor in 2017, Derry, while they got an almighty beaten in the final, they at least they had got to the all Ireland minor final. So I think this has been a long time coming and Rory Gallagher has got a total buy-in. There's a real unified group there and there's no there's no reason why they can't go very, very far in this championship. Yeah, and looking at Rory Gallagher in particular, because I remember listening to him last year, I think it was, on the GEA Social podcast, and he was even talking about when he was part of the Donegal setup, and, and obviously the, the famous, I suppose, speech from Jim McGuinness when he said, you know, when he first came in, he was saying, look, listen, if if no one here feels that we're not going to win an All-Ireland, you can get out and leave, and, you know, a couple of people laughed in the room and sort of looked at him like he was a bit crazy. Like, you'd look at Rory Gallagher, and even the way he was speaking about Derry last year, like, I really do think that he feels that he can get this team somewhere special. Like, he isn't just looking at this as, oh, it's great, we beat Tyrone, big shock. Like, he's looking at this thinking, we can win the Ulster Championship and possibly even the All-Ireland. I mean, they did beat the All-Ireland champions and they beat them very convincingly. I know Tyrone were down to 14 men for majority of the game, but it's a, it's a huge score to put up at the home of the champions. Well, I think one thing that probably hasn't been pointed out with Derry, and this is where it could be huge for me, if they can win Ulster, and it's a huge task, and they're probably third in the favourites now behind Donegal and Monaghan, I wouldn't expect them to win Ulster at the moment. But if an Ulster title is pulled off, Derry will, providing Donegal they beat in the final and Cavan don't spring a shock, Derry will go into an All-Ireland quarter-final, and they won't, they'll be avoiding any of Kerry, Dublin, providing those teams win the provincial championships, Tyrone if they get through the qualifiers and Donegal. So they could avoid those four teams in an Ireland quarter final. So if they could avoid avoid any of those four teams, they have a real chance of getting to a semi-final. Do you know what I kind of and then if they got to a semi-final having one Ulster, they'd be avoiding Kerry in Dublin and more than likely avoiding a repeat pair in Donegal and Tyrone. So Derry's route to the final could now they would have to beat Donegal and Ulster first. So Donegal's but they could but they could get to a final avoiding Kerry in Dublin. So there is definitely a clear pathway there. And you just get the sense that if there is one year, it's it could really be I won't say now or never because I think they are coming as a county, but it could literally be their best chance of getting to a final a long, long time. Now, is this Derry team going to beat Kerry? No, I don't think so at the moment, to be honest. Will they be organised, hard-beaten and set up well? Yes, I think they will be hard-beaten. Will they beat Dublin? I probably think it's a step too far beating Dublin and Crow Park as well, to be honest. But but I do think it's a very well-balanced team. Orin Lynch is playing very well in goals. They have very good backs, I suppose, without naming too many names. Like Chrissy McKay, Brendan Rogers, ex- exceptional yesterday. You have Conor Glass, who's very very good midfielder like he's one of the best midfielders in Ireland on his day and you have Shane Wigan lighting up the forwards as well like so they have talent all around the pitch and they're a very very good side on as well Rory Gallagher is a top top manager so I think Derry really have the ingredients they're a very well balanced team and there's like I suppose if you look the way Tyrone won the All-Ireland last you know I'm not saying Derry's going to go win All-Ireland but I do think they could definitely get to a final this year it wouldn't be a major shock 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, if you, if you go to the All-Ireland Champions and beat them by 11 points, I think it definitely puts you in the conversation. You know, if Mayo went and, and beat Tyrone in their own backyard by 11 points or Kerry did that or Dublin did that, you know, we'd all be saying, oh, these three, you know, these are on course to win an All-Ireland. So, huge, huge win for Derry. I suppose from a Tyrone perspective, though, like a lot of inconsistencies with them this year we've seen that throughout the league like a whole host of indiscipline as well you know i think they've nearly eight red cards in total this year and in the authority of 2022 i mean just very disappointing from them like i know they were down to 14 men going into the final 15 to 20 minutes and and obviously for for the majority or for the whole of the second half but like they just didn't really seem to show much fight or energy or didn't really seem to have the options coming off the bench either yeah, well, Dick Clerkin was absolutely slaughtered, I see, on social media for his column today. But, like, any team that ever wins in Ireland, you do need that element to look. And I think anyone who argues otherwise is, is very, very delusional. I was listening to Barry Hearn on my way to Oma yesterday. He was saying there how he always get luck. And any people who are successful, they always do get the breaks. Like, and they throw in last year. The challenge is to take the breaks when they come to you. And last year, Tyrone got a few breaks, bounce the ball. They took them. They won the All-Ireland. They said they deserved it. Very hard to disagree with that. You know, like, and this year, just things haven't gone as well for them, you know, the kind of way. And I think, like, they've won one All-Ireland in the last 15 years. And I think that, like, a lot of those players really have been there for a year. They deserve an All-Ireland medal and they soldiered on. And when you get to that well, when you cross that line, it's very, very hard to keep going back and back, you know, the type of way. And I think yesterday, the fact that about eight or nine lads had left the panel and the absence of matching in Richie Donnelly as well, it all kind of just it all just kind of crumbled on them. I think the few players there mightn't have been as focused as they have been other years. And I just think Tyrone, it was just, I said to lads before the match, if Derry were going to win the game, they were going to win easy. There was going to be no Derry edging out a dogfight or Derry. I think if it got into any sort of dogfight, I think Tyrone would have more experience at home and a bit of a home support. They would, they would probably might have got over the line, but the fact Derry, they needed to kill the game early today and they were very, very pleased. But Tyrone, look, last year, the success was very, very much still there. You know, the kind of way and nobody can ever take that away from them. Um, I think they're still very, very much in the qualifiers. Whether or not they do it, I'm not too sure. I think a lot of the big players who were very good last year just didn't play well yesterday at all. And Derry got this, Derry won the match all over the pitch in all 15 positions, including on the sideline as well. So I think Derry really total total domination yesterday. And Toronto will be. I just don't think now, like if you're looking there just in the shoes of Fergal Logan and Brian Duhar this morning, can you take any positives from the game? Very, very few I can take. The only positive I could take from a Toronto perspective is they're not out of the championship and they have a second chance, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But even at that, like you look at the teams that are in those qualifiers. I mean, you've got Mayo in there, you've got Armand in there. Um, you know, you, you could potentially have Mead potentially dropping in there. Whole host of big counties really going to be in that sort of opening round of the qualifiers. So, like you know, even Loud in there. Like there's, there's a lot of different stories for Toronto. Maybe going up against Mickey Hart, going up against Mayo. You know, repeat of the All Ireland final. So for Toronto, like although they have they, they they do have this knack in the history and in the past of coming through the qualifiers and building into. All are in semi-finals and finals, but at the same time, it's going to be very tough for them to, to find a way through there with some of the counties that are in there. Well, it's funny you mentioned now because again, not looking past Calvin because they do have a chance of beating Donegal this weekend. But the likelihood is Derry, the winners of yesterday's game, which were ended up to be Derry, will have to beat Monaghan and Donegal to get to the All Ireland quarter final. Now, Toronto are into the qualifiers now. Now they might have to play a third qualifier round if a Talton Cup team does get to the final, a provincial final, and Tyrone do manage to draw that they, they, they are one of the unlucky teams that gets the extra preliminary round draw. But the likelihood is Tyrone will have to win two matches to get the other in the quarterfinal. Now, are the two matches going to be as hard as Monaghan and Donegal? Well, they'd be very, very unfortunate if they were, you know. But hmm. on the other hand, from a Tyrone perspective, they're going into the All-Ireland quarterfinal and you're drawing a provincial champion. So you're drawing the likes of a carrier Dublin potentially. If they have won an ultra title, they wouldn't be drawing any of those teams in a in an All-Ireland quarterfinal. So that's where maybe there's a bit of a discretion there that maybe that's where Jerome will, will suffer from yesterday. But 
to be honest with you, Aaron, I'm thinking if you're looking at any of the teams Tyrone can play in the qualifiers currently, I'd expect them to be any of them. I think Derry are actually a much better team than people give them credit for, and they're in the top couple of teams in Ireland. And I think that, that yesterday was Derry were really, really up for it. I just I do think that Tyrone, like, and I'm gonna include Mayo in that. Honestly, if if I saw a draw in the morning qualifiers and I saw Tyrone drew Mayo and Castlebar, I'd fancy Tyrone to win, to be honest. You know, I think that there still is definitely potential for them to do well in the qualifiers. You know, I think now if they got to provincial final losers and they drew maybe it's only God or Monaghan, maybe or someone like that, it would be a lot trickier. But then they've always traditionally beaten Monaghan in knockout games, you know. I just think Tyrone qualifiers, if they have anything about them, I didn't nearly expect them to get through them, to be honest. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, definitely. Like, I, th- I think you can definitely not write Tyrone off whatsoever, given the, the quality of players that they have. They're, they're that type of county as well. They're a bit like Mayo in some respects. Every time you, you write them off, they seem to find a way to, to come back and bite you. Like, so you'd still have them in the in the mix anyway in, in terms of getting to quarterfinals, semifinals, or would you still think that Tyrone have it in them to win the All-Ireland this year? Well, I think... I'd expect them to get through the two rounds of qualifiers at the moment on paper, but to be honest with you, I would say, like, if you said to Jack O'Connor or Desi Farrell tonight, you're going to draw to run another in quarterfinal, I'd say they'd sleep reasonably well, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know if they're the same sort of fear as there has been over years. Now, can Jerome win the All-Ireland? It's very hard to know. I'd say anytime you're right to run off, they seem to bounce back. So I'm going to say I'm not going to write them off, but I suppose they can technically win the All-Ireland, but I think at this stage I don't see it, Aaron, to be honest. Now, that's not writing them off, but no, I don't think at the moment they're going to be all Ireland contenders, but I do expect them to get to the last eight. Like, and I put it this way, I do think they'll be are they all Ireland contenders? Maybe not, but they're certainly capable of taking a scalp and beating any team under day. You know, they're one of those teams like that. And like if they were to come through the qualifiers and they got drawn on the side of Connacht, then like they'd be playing a Roscommon or Galway or Leitrim in a Connacht final in a in, a, in an All Ireland quarter final. And they'd certainly I'd expect them to beat any of those three teams. You know, and then they'd be in the All Ireland semi final against the Ulster champions or the team that beats the Ulster champions. So again, it's it's. I just think Aaron, if Dublin and Kerry do win Tight as expected, that whole side of the draw is is suddenly very very attractive for any team because you're avoiding any of those teams. And I suppose a good comparison would be 2018 World Cup in the soccer where Croatia ended up getting to the final where the draw was a lot easier on one side. It became very very lopsided. I think that's a potential for any team to get there. And I suppose if anything gets that side of the draw. And gets to the final, then suddenly they have a real chance in the final. You know the kind of way because you'll either probably be playing a Kerry team who are under fierce pressure or a Dublin team who know how to win in Crow Park big time. You know, so the final will be a different ball game altogether. But look, it's hard to see how it pans out. But Toronto, I, I certainly I wouldn't. They're, they're certainly capable of of beating any team on their day in a knockout game. But do I see them as a lot of at the moment? Probably not. Yeah, and I suppose lastly, before we finish up on Toronto and uh, and Derry, like where does Rory Gallagher, in your opinion, rank amongst the elite GA managers. I mean, obviously he hasn't achieved anything just yet. So he's obviously, you know, up and coming and obviously you can't put him in the bracket of any of the, the greats because he hasn't done anything yet. But if he was to do something special with this dairy team, win an Ulster championship, you know, possibly even more like, does, does he then start to get in the conversation as, you know, the McGuinnesses and uh, and everything else? Yeah, I think himself McGuinness had to take huge credit like for Johnny God and it's it. I'd nearly give him as much credit as McGuinness for Donegal getting over the line in 2012, to be honest. I think really Gallagher did help him. I think he's a real top manager. And no, I'd know Rory for anyone. He's a fierce, nice fella. They you know, it was a great time for a good push. Um, so a real top manager, I'd say. And like he really got the most out of Romana and he's getting the most out of Derry. He was a bit unlucky in Donegal circumstances. They were unlucky to lose both of those Ulster finals. And I think, I suppose he was there when Donegal were good. People forget that in 2012, and he's in 2011, 2012. He's proved himself as a top, top manager. And yeah, no, he's, he's very, very good. I think he's a type of manager where 
any county now. Like they, there's no county I'd put him into where you'd say they wouldn't improve, you know, the type of way. And you know, I'd say he's contender now for a lot of big jobs. You know, I'd say to be very, very much have him in the top bracket of the manager at the moment, to be honest, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people forget as well. He he took Fermanagh within a, a kick of a ball from Division One. So, you know, he he done a, a great job with Fermanagh. I think he got them to an Ulster final as well. So he's done uh, he's done great work there. Make no mistake about that. You'd Monaghan twenty three points down, two seven. Very comprehensive, comfortable win for Monaghan. I suppose very much expected. Really, I mean, down showed a bit of fight to start the second half with those two quick goals, but uh, very comprehensive from from the Farney man. Yeah, well, I just I saw down at the start of the year and they were very, very poor. And I think that they're very, very much a team in crisis at the moment down. And I was saying to someone during the week, like they're the one team in the Tajik Cup nobody would fear, like, you know, if they're a county. Now, having said that down, what they need is an easy enough draw. I'm not going to name check teams to, to be disrespectful, but they need to have a gimme at home and build a bit of momentum, you know, the type of way. Like, And I was saying what could be a great draw for down would be playing out in New York because they're a county with a real tradition. And you'd like to see them get it. They'd really do a bit of fundraising over in New York. They could really get a few of the old guard out there and maybe get a bit of camaraderie with the team. The group goes to New York. You know, that would be the type of draw I'd say down would love is playing out in New York, you know, but... I suppose the happiest man this weekend will be Seamus Banty McEnany because he's after coming through. I won't say it was a banana skin because they were always going to be down, but but he's he's after winning by ten points and all the hype is on Derry and like Banty's nemesis in the Ultra Championship throughout both of his spells as Monaghan manager has been Tyrone. They've been able to beat any team. Now Tyrone have been taken and Monaghan. This is their chance to grab an Ulster title. Like you know the type of way. You know it could be the last hurrah for a lot of these players. I think they're a very very good team and. They're, they're, they're a team that are Ireland contenders in my eyes and will they be carried up and no but I can guarantee well not no but they're unlikely but they will not lie down and they, they would certainly have a chance of beating any, either of those teams you know the type of way and Monaghan could be dark horses for the other Ireland just yet and it'll be a very I'm, I'm really really looking forward to that game Derry and Monaghan in the, in the semi-final Yeah and, and does this result or, or even when you look at the amount of scores Monaghan has on the on the pitch as well and we've seen this obviously against dublin as well like i feel like the the belief that monaghan are just a one-man team and and are reliant or over reliant on conor mcmanus i feel like those days are very much done i mean yes he kicked four points but you look at jack mccarran obviously he's continued on his form from the end of the league you've obviously got gary mohan who's come into the side he kicked three points so like for monaghan it seems so important really that they're now finding so many options all across their attack because it gives them a huge chance really going up against the Derry, and then if there was progress past that against the you know potential donegal in the final well i think monaghan in 2013 is probably a bit like where Derry were now where they kind of came as a total unknown quantity and stunned people you know the kind of way you know I suppose Monaghan were unlucky not to get the All Ireland final a few times. Throwing up in their nemesis in knockout football, especially. But Derry are a bit like that now, and they very like Derry are well balanced team as well. Like, and I suppose if you're looking at both of those teams, like like I suppose Monaghan, they're definitely a one man team. McManus is a super footballer, but they're certainly not reliable relying on him at all. I think they actually beat Dublin in the last round of the league without McManus. So yeah, like, he's injured. Yeah, like Rory Began was top class goalie. The two uses their own midfield like their machines there. Like, so they have a serious serious team, Monaghan, and they, they take again a very good backroom team management as well they, they take very very hard beating against Derry and that could be the game of the championship I think in that game because both teams that will be going gung gung ho to win an Ulster title like it won't be one of those games where they'll be saving something for later you know it will be a real a real game and I suppose if you look at the team now like it, it'll be a very very well matched like I suppose Oral Lynch has turned into a very very good goalie for Derry now probably Rory Beckham is still maybe a level above him but like Monaghan might have an edge but Derry might feel like Connor Glass and these guys against Darren Hughes Kieran Hughes will be be a big very very big battle the defence like Derry defence could match Monaghan the likes of Christy McKay, Brendan Rogers has mentioned there like and Conor Doherty was excellent yesterday and Garrett McKinless you know in the forwards then like 
Like, I think Shane McGuigan could become for Derry what Conor McManus has done for Monaghan because he is a super, super footballer. You know that kind of way. And Niall Lockton was very, very good yesterday as well. So, like, it was really and truly, if you look at that Derry team, like, there's no position where Monaghan are definitely better than them. You know, like, and it's an astute enough background team in Monaghan. Liam Sheed is there, Donny Buckley, and a few more of those as well. So, they certainly will not lie down. And I'm really, really looking forward to that, to that um, semi final. Yeah, who would you be backing at this moment in time for, oh, for that semi final? I mean, it's, it's, it's such a tough one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, to be honest, I fancy Derry to, to to beat them. To be honest, just after after what they done against Toronto, the momentum around the county, and I think with Monaghan as well, like there still is plenty of inconsistencies in them, you know. And they have had a lot of defensive issues this year. Like they conceded two goals in in this down game, conceded a couple of goals against Dublin. Do you know, like I, I just have a sneaky feeling that that Derry might just turn them over in that one. Well, I think if I was a bookmaker price in this match, I'd have both teams a forty five percent chance of winning the match and ten percent chance of a draw. So you'd probably have. Monaghan 5 to 4, Derry 5 to 4, and the draw at 9 to 1. Do you know? But I suppose if you were looking at maybe pushing, it's very hard to know. Like, I think Monaghan, in terms of experience, might have more of an edge, but then Derry might just have slightly better players. I probably think the right. And Rory Gallagher has beaten Monaghan as for a man manager in the semi final in, in, 20, in 2018. And I think he beat them when he was manager of Donegal in 2016. So he's had their number last two semi finals and might just edge towards Derry but I'd give Monaghan every chance say that's really really 50-50 but if it has to pick really I'd probably just go for Derry and as for Down I suppose like to finish up on them I mean obviously it's been a, a very disappointing year for them so far they haven't won a game um, in the entirety of 22 in both league and championship and going into that Talchian Cup as you were saying before if they were to maybe play someone like a New York like that would be a great occasion for a county like Down and look they've plenty of talent we know that they've plenty of good players and at least they did show a bit of fight you know, and at the start of the second half, but going into the Talchian Cup, could you see them doing anything there? Could they be maybe? You know, uh, it's weird. I feel like maybe they're dark horses, but they shouldn't be really because you know they're coming down from Division Two. They should be one of the favourites, but I feel like no one's really considering them because of the fact of I suppose how bad of a year that they've had and issues behind the scenes and everything else. You know, well, it's, it's it's a tricky one with down. Like I think that they should be going off to win the Tartan Cup. And I, I just don't know is their interest there. Just, there's no good vibes coming out with the camp. There's no positive energy. There's no interest in down football at the moment. Like, and I suppose if they were to get an unglamorous Tartan Cup match, and like, I suppose aren't the way to cover that is every match. Like, there's no, like, they're not going to disrespect any team by mentioning it, but there's none of the 15 teams in the Tartan Cup are going to draw a big crowd to Park Esther for a Tartan Cup game. You know that kind of way. Like, and I don't know how to get around them. Maybe that's suppose the only thing I can see for down, maybe it could be a bit, the left field idea is move the match out to some club ground somewhere, put it out and maybe out in Newcastle or somewhere like that, you know, kind of, and make mm. it a bit of an occasion, get a bit of a local business going and make it look like a bit of a compact atmosphere and give it a bit of a go. I suppose even, I suppose this is a left field choice now, but bring it up to the mountains in Kilku maybe and get, because there's a bit of change to disconnect between Kilku and down, but bring it down match to Kilku there in the champion, in the Italian Cup and get a bit of buzz going around the place locally and try and get a bit of a, more of a, I don't know, there's just something going seriously around there. Like, there just doesn't seem to be any sort of buy in or any sort of positive vibes, no energy, no support. But no, I couldn't even do anything in Patton Cup, to be honest with you. And I think if they got a hard draw, they could be out in the first round. Like, I think if they got Cavern and Breffley Park, I'd fancy Cavern to beat them, to be I couldn't see them beating Cavern in Patton Cup. Now, the only way down, like, I think Donegal, if Cavern were to beat Donegal next week and avoid Patton Cup, then down might be back in contention. But like, even looking at Westmead and Saturday, my own county, I suppose, watching with a bit of a Bias had a night today. Westmead would certainly be down to build them in the morning as well. Now, down did beat them last year and wear that, but I think awfully beat them in the league. They're another Tajan Cup team, like as well. So, I, I, I find it hard to be positive for them at the moment, to be honest, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think most uh, most down fans would certainly echo that sentiment as well. A bit of a crazy game here between Clare and Limerick. It was Clare 119, Limerick 216. Goes all the way to, to penalties in the end. Limerick winning a 3-1, I think it was, on penalties in total. Um, a, a crazy game, really. Clare, a lot of missed opportunities. That goal chance right at the end. They, they probably could have won the game. Obviously, Limerick with a lay free. Clare, obviously, you know, Owen Cleary with a lay free in, in extra time, taking it to penalties. Crazy, crazy game. The first ever penalty shootout at senior inter-county football level. So a big win for, for Limerick. Um, and obviously they go marching on into the semis against Tipperary. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a bit controversial. I hate penalty shootouts and toss them in the GA. I just think they're really horrible concept and unfair. They're not they're, they're not a GA concept at all. Like, and Oh, I just think it's one of the worst things that's come into the GA in recent years. And I just think that the, the replays, there was nothing really wrong with the replays. They were kind of a nice part of the GA calendar. And like, if you look at like the likes of Limerick and Tip, is I think it's a monster final in two weeks' time. I am sure Colin Collins and Billy Lee would have had no problem playing a replay next weekend. Do you know? I think there would have absolutely no problem. And now I suppose there's the argument that if the replay had gone to a draw after extra time, would you? What would you do then? Maybe you could have penalties then. But I would really, really have this as a last resort. I think it's totally illogical and it's very unfair on the clear players. Like, but I think Colin Collins he's done a brilliant job as clear manager. But if you look now, like. He probably hasn't got the excuse now that he's been unlucky with the draws to play Kerry because the two years they've avoided Kerry and Cork, they've lost to Tipperary and to Limerick. Do you know? So it's a bit like Limerick to win in game, and this is a big enough win for them as well. Now, having said that, Aaron, and this is in no disrespect for the two teams involved, but providing Kerry are to be Cork, I cannot see how any of those teams are going to live with Kerry in the Munster final. Like, I think Cork. Well, how many points Cork would be? Kerry would be Cork by and Porky were in this weekend. I think they still give them a better challenge than Limerick or Tipple in the final, to be honest. And I think Clare, the way they played in Division 2 for so long, they might have had players that could have half lived with Kerry for the first 15, 20 minutes, but I just don't think Limerick and Tipple have that. Now, having said that, it'll be an occasion for both of them to get to the final. I think last year, Kerry won their 44th successive game in the Championship of Rowe against Tipperary. And like that this year, if they do play again, it'll be 45. You know, the kind of way like um, Kerry could be going into an Ireland quarter final very, very cold. Now, again, it's meant in no disrespect because Billy Lee is doing a very, very good job in Limerick and he's doing the grounds. And I think Limerick are actually improving a good bit all the time. So, like Tipperary as well, David Power is working in, I suppose he's working in a challenge enough that circumstances says that the underage probably has dried up a bit in Tip at the moment and he's probably going to a county where the emphasis is always going to be on hurling like you know like it's the same in limerick like and it's probably the same in Clare. the glamour in those and it's probably the same in court for that matter the glamour in those counties is the county hurling team they bring in bigger crowds more interest in that but no i i can see kerry and i think kerry's definitely going to win once but i suppose just going back in the match limerick showed serious character to eke out the win and i suppose again if here could be 2020 again if Cork can somehow cause an absolute miracle next day saturday night it would make the limerick tip match a lot more interesting in the Munster semi-final yeah absolutely like and i i think everyone would very much agree with, with, with what you said there like in terms of you know i think we all you know we all know very much that kerry are going to win this monster championship every dog in the street probably knows that at this stage but i do think it is that you know occasion obviously of a of a monster final and obviously given the fact that there is qualifiers you know for either limerick or tipperary if they're if they were to go into the monster final and then get beat by kerry you know, maybe you get a good draw in the in, in, in the pre preliminary round, and then maybe you go into an all out quarter final. And what a story that would be for you know a county a county like Limerick in in football, which have very much been 
you know, a predominant Division Four, Division Three team for the last ten years or so. And that's what I was going to say about Limerick. Like they, they've kind of come under the radar quite a bit, haven't they? In 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 the last couple of years, like Clare have obviously been consistent Division Two team. You know, very competitive in there. Gave Mayo a good run for their money last year in that Division Two uh, promotion playoff. But Limerick, like they're building quite a lot, and you've obviously got you know an academy down there as well. You see the growth of the hurlers. Like so, for Limerick, you know, if they could get to a Munster final. And be Tipperary, like the buzz that I would give Limerick football, I think, in general, even if they were beaten 15, 20 points by Kerry, I still think the buzz and the excitement around the county would be very big for, for Limerick football. And it might be, you know, the slow start of something of them being quite competitive in the, the Munster Football Championship. Well, the way I'm looking at Limerick the last couple of years is Billy Lee has done a very good job and they've got promotions in the league. But I think that while they're definitely improving, I don't know where they anywhere closer to the top teams to be honest. I just don't see a scalp in them Aaron, to be honest like and I suppose again it's no disrespect at all but if Tipperary were to beat Limerick and like Tyrone were to draw Tipperary in the qualifiers there's no way I could see Limerick beating Tyrone for that matter you know what I have way so I think that while they've improved a lot and they're doing a lot of great work the structures are good there and there is passion for football in Limerick I don't see them capable of causing a shock in the qualifiers to be honest which um could I see them getting to the other end quarterfinal themselves or tip to be honest Aaron I suppose again Probably doesn't make sense this because Tip might be like Limerick are a division higher and have beaten I think in a few league games, but I could see Tip being a bit more feared in the qualifiers in Limerick to be honest, you know, at the moment. And that's not taking away the work but he is doing and the players are putting in serious effort, but I just don't know where they're capable of taking a shot. Now I could be wrong and they could be in the other in quarter final, but I just I don't, I don't see it on a personal level to be honest. Now having said that, I do probably expect them to be Tipperary in semi final at the moment, do you know? And I think they that they'll they could maybe it'd be interesting to see what to do against Kerry. We'll learn a bit more about them then how many points they lose by with disrespect. Like they're probably not going to win the match. Would they lose by ten? Would that be a good result? Would they lose by twenty-five? That would probably be a disaster, you know, the kind of way. But I suppose the challenge for Limerick would be to get to the most final, compete as well as possible. Maybe they might cause a miracle, maybe they could they come home with the cup, but but no, I I probably think they're just that bit off this year, maybe. Now they are improving gradually, but I think they're a bit a good bit off this year being a, a serious threat in the qualifiers. Yeah, and I suppose as you were saying there about Tipperary, they obviously got a, a comfortable win away to Waterford, two thirteen to one eight. And I suppose yeah, like Tipperary, they, they certainly probably will be more feared. They obviously have that track record of a, of a couple of big wins, you know, a couple of big scalps, obviously in the last decade or so. But they have introduced a few new lads to the team this year. Obviously, Mikey O'Shea's come in there, uh, Mark Russell as well. So for Tipperary, although they've lost a lot of talent in the likes of Mickey Quinlevin and Colin O'Reardon in the last couple of seasons, you know. I'd imagine David Power will be fairly happy to see some of the new lads come in there and stepping up to the mark so far anyways. Yeah, I know Power's a serious manager and he's done serious work for Tipperary Football and I suppose he's been there in the dugout for two of the great successes in the, the All-Ireland minor victory over Dublin and then the obviously the 2020 Munster Championship game. But yeah, he'll be pleased enough now. I think they were going to beat Waterford on, on, on Saturday night. But having said that, Waterford drew with them in the league and probably should have won the match. And it was probably a banana skin. The Waterford record in Munster had been very, very poor against Tipperary and Limerick. And the only team I think Waterford have beaten recently in Munster is, is Clare. And I think that they beat them when Paddy O'Shea was manager that year, I think it was 2007. And they might have beaten them once since. I think they beat Wexford away in a qualifier in 2018. But apart from that, they haven't really done anything in championship. I think they've they've lost a lot of matches by a point. They're a bit unlucky in that sense, you know. But no, I think they, yeah, it was probably a game. I suppose you could say they were always going to win it on, 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 on Saturday without being disrespectful to Waterford. And yeah, they're a Division 14, they're a promoted Division 3. Tipper, the type of team it's probably a tough one because like they won't want to lose the Limerick at all but if they're in the Tadjan Cup they could probably win the Tadjan Cup I think that, that, that that's another team to down I wouldn't be able to see down beating Tip and Turles the way they're going at the moment you know so Tip while they need to I think the main thing for Tip is that 
they're going to lose one game, whether it's the final against Kerry or it's the semi-final against Limerick. And the challenge is to make sure that they can stay focused and stay competitive for the next game, whether that is a Talton Cup last 16 game or whether it is another last 12, whatever, round four, round, last round of the qualifiers, you know. So that's what Tip, yeah, Power's doing a good job and it was another nice win for them on uh, at the weekend. Yeah, we'll move on to the results from the Leinster Football Championship. So you had Wexford four points, Dublin one twenty-four. I mean, no surprise really here at all. Dublin were always heavy favourites. What did you make of the dubs your, yourself? I mean, I suppose it looked like they they things back in order. Obviously, early days, yeah, and you certainly can't be getting too carried away. But command and victory, and obviously Conor Callahan back in the side, Owen Merchant back in there as well. So, um, you know, great results, I suppose, for the dubs. Yeah, with one of those games, Aaron, where without being trying to last over, we learned absolutely nothing about Dublin. I think they were always going to win that game. Wexford came very near the bottom of Division Four. It was it wasn't a banana skin for Dublin last year. They played Wexford, they struggled, and the writing was on the wall from there. Didn't play well. So I suppose this year it did look more like the old Dublin. But does this mean that Dublin's problem of getting relegated it has? Well, they were never in crisis. So I'm not going to say crisis. They were never even going that bad. I don't think relegation is that big of a deal for short term for Dublin, to be honest. But look, do we have we learned any more than we knew at last round of the league? The answer I'd say is definitely not. Do you know? I think the me game we learned a small bit more. But Dublin, it was a, it was always going to be a game they were going to win, and they they obliged with top marks. Yeah, and I suppose it was the impressive thing maybe from a Dublin perspective, because I know from watching Dublin, particularly in the Jim Gavin area, you know, Dublin would make a habit of beating teams in the Leinster Championship by 20, 25 points, you know, and they didn't need to, you know, they could take their foot off the gas, you know, late on in the second half. Obviously, they, they you know, rotation, bring new players in and those players would kick on, kick, kick a couple of scores and all the rest. But like under Desi Farrell in particular in the Leinster Championship last year, not so much in 2020, but last year, there was a lot of sort of complacency in there I felt in the Dublin side like against Wexford we weren't really quite at it you know we allowed me to come back into it against Kildare we were very comfortable but generally speaking you know the sort of the the standard didn't seem to be quite as high as sort of the the Jim Gavin era so I mean that could probably be a big takeaway from a Dublin perspective is that they look like they're going to treat this Leinster championship as serious as they have in previous years and I suppose they need to really because you know there are a few people who believe that they they could get caught in in Leinster at some stage you know well this is now purely my own opinion I don't know if this is wrong but I think this really is the last of the traditional Dublin as we'd say because if you look at that team there's a lot of lads with a lot of miles in this lock the likes of James McCarthy Mick Fitzsimons Johnny Cooper Dean Rock to an extent John Small those lads to name a few and they could really see this as the last hurrah and it's probably going to be the last year for Desi Farrell as well so a lot of the core players and management this could be the last round they probably might see this as their last chance to win an All-Ireland medal and I think a lot of them are going for record breaking to win I think it could be a ninth medal on, on the field to play in the case of Mick Simons and James McCarthy so I suppose in that sense this really could be a huge one and also the reason I'm saying we could see big next year next year we could have a lot of new guys playing for Dublin We'll have, we'll have the Leinster Championship will be a lot more irrelevant. There'll be a new format totally, which will make it a bit harder for teams like that. And also, we'll have new management in the line. So, now, are the Dublin players as good a level coming through? I don't think this, the common consensus seems to be they're not. Do you know, now, Kerry, I think, have probably, that's where Kerry have probably just maybe passed Dublin, is the bench. The bench for Kerry now is very, very strong. And it's the way Dublin used to be. You used to see the Dublin fourth official the fourth official coming up the board and it would be very good subs coming on for Dublin it would really improve them while well, now you see Kerry of the likes of Killian Spillane coming on these fellas you know and they seem to be getting a bit of energy off the bench and that's where I think this is good this is the other and it could be won this year is, is, is the strength of the benches but I do think Dublin they really seem to be going back to the pack now I don't know I, I think where Dublin could have a bit of an issue though 
is in the goals. I don't know if Dublin got a settled goalie. Now, David O'Hanlon hasn't really got a big test in the Dublin jersey yet. Now, is he going to be the number one goalie? Is Evan Humphrey? And like, with no disrespect to the lads, the most ardent Dublin supporter in the world couldn't argue they're anywhere near as good as Stephen Duxon. Do you know that kind of way? Like, so mm. I think that that's where, and another issue I think Dublin might be caught out this year is in midfield. I think those two areas could be there. Now, if Brian Fenton plays to the best, best bit, and Fenton did look good the last day, if Fenton plays well, Dublin won't have an issue in midfield. But I just don't know are they as strong as they have in other I think that's where I'd be mostly, I think there's definitely an issue for Dublin in terms of the goalkeeper and strength and depth. And also in maybe an issue in midfield. But having said that, I think at the moment, hand on heart, it's probably a two horse race for the All Ireland title between Kerry and Dublin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think midfield were not too bad. I think Brian Fenton is, you know, especially with a performance like that against Wexford. The problem is if someone does man mark him and you come up against a top midfield, you know, against a Kerry at Tyrone, who've obviously got brilliant physical midfielders, it becomes tough because Dublin have struggled for a while to find a partner for Fenton. You know, it's been McCarthy, it's been Lahif, it's been Padre Colford Byrne at different stages. So we've had a, a couple of different um you know um partners in there and as you said yeah like i i, I personally go with comerford i think comerford is a very good goalkeeper i think his kickouts are, are very good look he's nowhere near the level of clucks and i think you know you know we all know that but i think he's he has been very good and i would be surprised if he isn't the uh the number one this year um but certainly a big result for for dublin no doubt about that mead they put up a big victory against wicklow 413 to 112 the quickest goal in the championship i believe championship history from jack o'connor although there has been a few people on twitter i've seen disputing that at the minute but um for me look i mean they beat wicklow very convincingly there a couple of years ago again so probably no real big surprise here yeah i think Mead probably turned their season around after the offley game the last minute goal against offley seemed to give them a bit of resurgence because they drew it down at home drew it offley way i think they went out and beat claire then and beat cork comfortably and they played well enough against Derry despite losing another big win here. So I suppose me, yeah, again, we don't know too much about them. I don't know how what level Wicklow are at they've improved, like, but I don't they've still got relegated in four and they're not in the standard team that you'd need to be testing yourself about if you want to be playing Dublin in the next round, you know. So I think me, yeah, it was again very much like Dublin against Wexford. It was job well done and on to the next day. But Andy McIntyre would not have liked to have drawn Dublin. I think he would have much preferred a yeah, I think West Mead probably would have been preferred John Denkadier and Dublin would have been last. You know what I mean? But I'd say, I suppose they'll get stuck into Dublin to see how they got on. They were close enough last year, see how Dublin got any better, worse, whatever, you know. But at the moment, I find it hard to see me beating Dublin, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one with Mead because like, they've plenty of great footballers and they've, they've brought through a good amount of young lads in the last couple of years, like Cahill Hickey, Matthew Costello, Jordan Morris. And when they've played Dublin, like they've they, it's like their heads drop quite a lot. You know, they they sort of take a bit of a beating in the first half, and then their heads drop. And last year they obviously came back into it, but mainly because I think Dublin allowed them to come back into it. So, how could you see that game going? Could it be another one-sided hammering in favour of the Dubs, or could Mead maybe you know make a, a bit of a game of it? One thing I've noticed with this Dublin team, whenever they play Mead, they seem to maybe latch onto tradition. They really, really go and play to their best ability against Mead. You know and. I suppose it's all in favor of the best ability against Mead. Mead have no chance of winning the game. But Mead second half last year, I suppose in hindsight now last year, now I suppose this isn't the way matches work. But the fact they lost by six points and Dublin had one penalty decision that was very debatable and Mead were denied one penalty decision that was very debatable. I think they could have been a black card in them. So it could have been a six-point turnaround. Look, they could have got something. But I suppose that's what Andy Mackin to be able to latch on to Mead, that they weren't that far off this year. And I suppose they'd be able to say Mead came what was the fourth or fifth in Division 2 this year and Dublin are a Division 2 team as well. So I suppose in hindsight, there's a lot there that Dublin could kind of maybe the me could maybe latch on to like they're probably this year the players for me probably going with maybe seven eight maybe nine ten percent chance of winning that match while other years they probably went in with zero to one percent chance you know that kind of way so this year there is some sort of scope that they could 
I said, I won't say, well, compete is it was the word. Like if, if I say now, I know that to be this crap about we don't do moral victories, all these things, but if me come over there with a five point loss and uh, something, I'd say they'd be relatively happy to be honest and they'd be set, set up enough for the conference, you know. Yeah, I will be curious to hear certainly what uh, what Mead supporters think in the in the comments down below or live or whatever in terms of in terms of that game. But uh, Kildare, I mean, this was I suppose on paper meant to be a bit of a banana skin um, for Kildare, obviously going up against Mickey Hart's loud, but they dealt with it very very well. Two twenty two to twelve points, very comfortable game. There were ten points to one up quite early on. Loud certainly struggled to to get their shooters on the ball, such as Samuel Roy. So for Kildare, you know, you have to give them a lot of credit because going up against a loud side that you know we all kind of thought would be a bit of a banana skin i think a lot of us did expect kildare to get the victory but very very convincing i mean a 16 point win against a loud side that had won seven games in a row coming into this so that's a, a big score for for kildare to put up against mickey hart's men yeah well i think the first thing i want to say Aaron, if you said to glenn ryan and john Doyle going on the bus yesterday morning that they were going to beat loud by 16 points and draw westmead in semi-final let's say he would have absolutely been delighted you know that kind of way and now i'm westmead proud to be from there but i'm not talking down but like i don't think that that was probably that was the draw they would have wanted instead of me the dublin you know that kind of way and that's not being mm. disrespectful but but like the fact i thought loud i before the match i expected to Kildare to win but i did i thought loud would compete with them i thought Kildare might win by five or six at the most i didn't see them winning by 16. loud would be very disappointed i think mickey hart has done a super job there in the league championship i'd say he probably hasn't done a very good job now Having said that, Aaron, it's very, very harsh because you know, he's had two matches, one against Ockley, which they lost, and after extra time, and one against Kildare, which he got hammered. But the league, they have gone up to Division 2, but championships is what you'd be remembered for, really, you know, the kind of way. And I suppose a big qualifier win would be big for Lau, but I suppose th this is daft now. But the fact that they're not in the Talisman Cup is nearly a bad thing for Lau because I think the way Mickey Hart has the team playing, they could definitely have won that Talisman Cup, and that would genuinely have been a big enough deal for, 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 for Lau, do you know. But they could definitely... Again, it's going back to the qualifiers a bit. It's a bit like the Limerick conundrum, man. Could you see them beating Tyrone and Oma? Now, I think for a start, it's a draw. Everyone wants to see Mickey Hart going back to Oma. You know, now, now one thing I will say, if that draw is made, I really hope the Loud County Board do go gung ho to get that match played in Gaelic ground. Draw that. Do you know the kind of way? Do you rather mm. be in some neutral ground? But Loud, I suppose Mickey Hart is getting. They have. A, I always say. When you have a good forward like that, they can do something like Mulroy is a special player. If he can score the lights out, they could cause a shock the way Tyrone if they're after coming off a very bad defeat. But I think it's very hard to see it. And I suppose Loud, if they got now, having said that, Aaron, there's a few teams in the qualifiers they could play that they could beat. You know, the qualifiers are not definitely not there, there's not going to be one they, they could easily beat the likes of a, maybe a Cork or a Clare or a or or, or Limerick, maybe if they got them or one of those teams, you know, the kind of way like so Loud could easily win a qualifier game, but I think Mickey Hart yesterday it's a very, very big setback after a very, very good year, you know. Yeah, and you mentioned your own county there. It was Westmead three thirteen, Longford fourteen points. So I'd imagine you're happy enough with, with, with that result anyways. And you were saying obviously you were at the game. So I mean a, a big win for for Westmead against Longford. And obviously with Longford having beaten you is in the in the league, I suppose a sweet feeling to to get re revenge and back into the to Leinster semis for a second year in a row. Yeah, I think that game against Longford in the league, it, it felt more than like it nearly felt like a championship defeat on the basis. Not only did it cost Westmead a place and would win the matchups, but it cost them probably promotion in the end and the chance to get promoted division two and get to a league final. So it was with Westmead, to be fair, after the Longford games, the mood around the county was very, very doom and gloom. They had lost loud the week before, but now they've had three win three games in the league where they got five points out with possible six. They're very unlucky to miss out in promotion. And now they're after beating 
uh, Longford easily in the first match championship. Now, Westmead, they did exactly what they didn't do in the league, which is they led in the league game, they let Longford stay in the game as long as possible, and then Longford just got ahead and didn't relinquish the lead. They looked much more hungry or fitter. This time, Westmead got ahead early and didn't let Longford back in the game. So, a very, very good spin. Now, Longford were very, very poor on the day. Westmead were, were very, very good. I think the way I was saying to people after the game, Aaron, Westmead probably had a 7 out of 10 performance. You know, kind of way, 7, 7.5, where it was very good on the day. They didn't do a whole lot wrong, but if they're going to be Kildare, they're going to they need to improve an awful lot. And look, I think that look Westmead, if they, the draw they didn't want to play was Dublin, the draw the next draw I suppose they wanted. I'd say no, the draw Westmead might have probably wanted last night would probably be me. They, they, they got Kildare. Look at it, both Mead or Kildare, probably not too much between the teams, but probably think it's probably a hard task to see Westmead beating Kildare at the moment. Now they only lost by two points last year, and Westmead arguably should have won that match. So it's not an impossible draw, but I definitely have Kildare favourites. You know. Yeah, because I was going to say that as well. I mean, and your general thoughts really on Westmead. Because I remember, obviously, when we were sitting on the J Mac podcast there, I suppose, you know, uh, just before the league. And I, I was saying, I, w- I was very convinced that Westmead were going to get promoted because of how well they they played last year and how, how well they finished up. You know, they gave a lot of very good performances, I felt, in my opinion. But it obviously didn't work out that way in the league. Like a lot of inconsistencies in there and obviously no promotion finishing third in the end. And as you said there, like you gave Kildare a good, you know, run for their money last year in that Leinster semi-final. Now, I do think Kildare are a bit of a better team this year. You know, they, they, they seem to have a bit more, you know, a bit more of their act together. They've brought in a few, you know, more players into their squad, into their panel. So, like, how could you see that game going? Would, would it be comfortable for Kildare? Could Westmead maybe cause it a bit of a shock, or, or what do you reckon? Well, when I, I was in Crow Park for, in 2016 when Westmead beat be Kildare, and they beat Mead the year before. But after that game, Dublin played, and they were scintillating. And you knew Westmead, realistically, you knew that the, while they had got to the Leicester final, there was no chance of winning it. Like. So I, I think going to the Kildare match this year, like last year when people were sitting in the sand, like after the Westmead, they would have seen Dublin and probably thought, they're not going as well as other years. Maybe we could have done something, you know, if they won. But this year, it's interesting to know. But Westmead, have they a chance against Kildare? Well, they have a chance. They're not going to find saying they're not. But Kildare, like I'd say, like, the bookmakers don't usually get things too wrong. Like, if looking at the handicap there, it's probably going to be five, six, seven points in Kildare's favour. You know, the kind of way that that's reality. Like, it's a team that beat Dublin and beat Monaghan in Division 1 and drew with Kerry. Like, Westmead didn't get promoted in Division 3. So, look, it's not going to be easy for Westmead, but it's certainly not an impossible task. And I think if everything did click, Westmead would certainly have a chance of victory. And you'd like, I suppose, if Westmead were to get the win, I'd just seen it's been announced as a double header in Crow Park. And I don't think the times are announced just yet, but Westmead or Kildare is 99th and certain to be done on the undercard. It's the first game on those two. So, mm. Look, if you could see Westmead winning, you'd like to sit in the stand and see Dublin and potentially, I wouldn't say me beat them, but you could see our Dublin there for the taking or not. Like, and personally, I don't, I think Dublin will win the Leicester Championship this year, you know, and oh, I, I think Westmead, but going back to the question, can they be Kildare? The answer is yes. Do I think they'll be Kildare? Probably not. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. I think, you know, when you look at it, Loud obviously got a, a victory against Westmead and you've seen what Kildare have obviously done to Loud, beating them by 16 points, so... You'd have to, you'd certainly have to fancy Kildare going into that one. You'd Sligo eleven points, Ross Common twenty three points. The last game to, to wrap up our football action. Um, I suppose it went very well as expected. You know, obviously Sligo with that early red card certainly probably disrupted them quite a bit. But you know, it, it went very well as expected. Really, I think everyone's seen this result and said, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, well, just one thing I'd like to just say on this match, it was thirty euro for stand tickets, and I think that's an absolute rip off price. I don't see how that's logical at all. Like, and. Like, if you look, like, just presuming that Galway Leitrim is going to be the same price, 30 euro for sand tickets, that's 10 euro a year sand tickets for Galway and Kilkenny yesterday, which is a cracker of a box office hurling game. So that's completely inconsistent and illogical in my eyes. But I suppose just getting back on the match, 
Roscommon was 12 and when Anthony Cunningham and Sligo have a bit of a good enough record against Roscommon so it could have been a tricky game Roscommon navigated with, with the game with, with, with Flying Marks and they'd be very very confident they had on a final a rematch to the league final providing Galway don't suffer a massive upset against Leitrim yeah and provided it is Galway that they get the better of Leitrim like would you would you fancy Roscommon to turn over Galway for a third time this year or could Galway I suppose, you know, building on from a result against Mayo and obviously provided they beat Leitrim, which I think we all expect, you would look at it and think, I mean, that's that's going to be a very hard one to call, to be honest. Yeah, no, I know. I nearly fancy Gaul. I think Gaul are actually a good enough team and Joyce probably would like a kind of title and they have got serious belief after that beating them, beating them, beating Mayo in the league, or in the, in the championship, sorry. But, but if you look, like when Shane Walsh came on against Roscommon, he totally changed the game. I think one thing, Galway, they went up to Derry and won and won by 10 points, which it looks a better result now after yesterday as well. So I think Galway are a better team than Roscommon. Now, whether or not they'll show it or not, I don't know. But when I say Galway are a better team, I think it's only just margin. I think Galway might just edge home that game if it's final. But I suppose I will be disrespectful to Leitrim to be looked to be previewing the final when we don't know who's in it. But I'd be surprised if Leitrim were to beat Galway and surprised with a capital less in that sense, to be honest. I think Galway should win that game with, 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 with no questions asked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I suppose we'll move on to some of the hurling action then and, and run through some of the big games and big talking points here. And I suppose the, the big one really from the weekend was Galway and Kilkenny, certainly a, a game that hasn't, you know, had, had any short of drama really down the years and certainly not short of drama. And this one again, Henry Shefflin obviously going up against Brian Cody and you had the, uh, I suppose, the the firm stare, shall we say, from from Brian Cody at the at the full time whistle on uh, on on Henry Shefflin right there, but look for Galway big result. I mean, yes, it was a very contentious free at the end, and I think a lot of people very much in disagreement that that was a free. But for Galway, you know, that's a big win in my opinion because really since twenty eighteen they haven't really had too many big championship wins in my opinion. So um, huge win for for Galway against Kilkenny. Yeah, but I think the first thing I'm going to say, Aaron, is I think the handshake has been completely blown out of proportion. Like it was a handshake, like and it was it was moved on. Like, Kenny Galway won by a point. I just don't think it was as big anywhere near the end. But I think just probably that's probably part of the bigger issue this year we've had in the hurling championship and probably the football as well. There's a lack of real subplots or storytelling or any mm. sort of narrative. Like every it seems very boring and I suppose this could be very famous last words, but it could be Kerry and Limerick both winning the All Ireland season. Now Dublin look like they're going to probably put a spanner in those words, but it just seems like it could be a championship in football and hurling without any sort of any sort of real drama like you know or any sort of real subplots or anything like that now the fact that God, there was a bit now and maybe that's why people seem to be kind of getting a bit more excited when they see some sort of half what looks like conflict between two former but stars in Cody and Henry Shefton but I think one thing Brian Cody owes so much of his managerial career to Henry Shefton like the, Kenny's best player when they won how many All-Ireland so there should be absolutely no Bad blood around the Aussie there at all. And I don't think they really think Brian Cody produced tonight about losing the match, to be honest with you, more than anything. But look, I think Galway are a better team than Kenny do. Now, one thing for Galway is they, they shouldn't, they can't be going 20 minutes without a score in big championship matches like that. You know, it's it's not anywhere nearly good enough to win all Ireland now. But I was saying to someone there, what Galway need to do, Aaron, is to win is win Leinster titles. They shouldn't even be thinking beyond that, like at all. Like they have the best set of players in Leinster, in my opinion, across every age group every year. They have the better, you know, they're, they're consistently the best team under underage in Leinster, uh, and they've consistently probably had the best panel in the senior championship. So they should be winning that Leinster title every year. There's no excuses now for Galway not coming in the top two every year with the way the round robin group works, do you know? And if they can get to a provincial final every year, then if they can win a Leinster championship every year, which is the way they should be able to nearly eke out a situation where if there's five Leinster championships, they should be able to win at least three, if not four, if not five. Do you know? And then you're in the All Ireland semi final 
and you're avoiding playing the Munster champions in a, in a semi-final. Do you know? So there's a huge, huge reward for Galway for winning an extra title, and that should be their target. And I think that's what Henry Shepton is probably hanging at now. Like people were kind of, I suppose the Wexford match and this game, they've been similar enough games that they've been Galway have been the better team in both of them, but have let the other team back in when the game should have been dead. Do you know? But they've also got two good results, and the Dublin, providing they beat Leash in the next game, the Dublin game is a free shot for them in the sense that they're coming third, they the guaranteed top three. But I think they'd like to beat Dublin and come in the top two and win a Leinster. I think that would be a big deal for Henry Sheffield in his first year, and it would show that they've made progress considering they haven't won any of the last three Leinsters. Do you know? And I do think Galway this year they will win a Leinster. Yeah, I think it's a big win, as you as you said before. And I suppose I was a bit worried watching watching it for them. You know, just six points after the the thirty sixth minute, and you were seeing Kilkenny sort of do what they do, which is get get a late goal and obviously a flurry of points before and sort of come back from eight nine points down. And you were you know when when that kind of incident happened around the free, I was nearly convinced it was going to be a Kilkenny free because that's sort of what they do. They seem to find a way of get themselves you know getting themselves out of these sort of big situations, but. As you were saying there with, with Henry Shefflin, I mean, a lot of positives to take, and especially for a lot of these young players and, you know, coming in, the likes of Brian Concanon, Finton Burke and a few others, Evan Nyland obviously is another player that springs to mind as well. So, I mean, a lot of positives for, for Galway. And I suppose one foot really probably give or take in that in that Leinster Championship. Obviously, they're home to, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously drew at Wexford already. Their next big game really in the Leinster Championship is against Dublin. They have them at home. So, you know, you would expect Galway to finish in the top two at this point. It would be probably a bit of a disaster, really, if they didn't. But the way I was looking at it is, I'm kind of assuming that every team is going to be Leash and Westmead, which again is not being disrespectful. It's more, more and more like reality. So, could Galway have three points from from two matches against Wexford and Kilkenny? Kilkenny have no points from one match against Galway, and Dublin have two points from from one match against Wexford, and Wexford have one point from two matches against Galway. So I suppose that's complicated. But basically, if my permutations are correct, the Wexford and Kilkenny game is is basically the knockout game. And now it's not a knockout game in the sense that Kilkenny could still get through by winning against Dublin, I think. But if Wexford beat Kilkenny, they'll more than likely go through at the expense of their fierce rivals. So I think that if my calculations are correct, that's the way it would work out. Do you know that if Wexford were to beat Kilkenny, Wexford would go through and... But actually, now I think thinking about it again, if Wexford were to beat Kilkenny, Wexford might go through, and and I think Dublin might be eliminated. And if they lost Kilkenny, so I suppose it's still plenty to favour. But I, I, but I think I, I think Kilkenny probably will be Wexford to avoid it. All. It's probably looking like at the moment Kilkenny and Dublin Galway Leinster final. No, Galway in the Leinster final, and the winners of Dublin and Kilkenny would probably join them, and the other team would probably go into third at the moment. I think that's probably the most likely. Yeah, and I suppose what do you think Brian Cody will will take away from from this game? I suppose in in total, I mean, again, a lot of heart desire in the second half, and and certainly improved quite a lot in the, in the second half. Obviously, opened Galway up a couple of times for various different goals. TJ Reid goes off a half time, but at the same time, like it's a hard one with Kilkenny. I don't really think they were terrible or anything like that. I don't think they were you know bad or you know dreadful or whatever. Like I thought they played very well for large parts of the game but Galway just pipped them in the end really by a strong first half showing so like for Kilkenny you, you certainly can't still you know rule them out in many ways I mean you would expect them to be you know Dublin definitely because they have a great record against Dublin like we we never seem to really do well against Kilkenny at all since we we last won the Leinster Championship and Wexford Kilkenny have certainly had their ups and downs and and you nearly put your money on that game being a draw because it nearly always is but what would be your uh, like? What do you think Brian Cody will will take away from from that loss? It's hard to know what he'd take. I think he'd take a bit of battling spirit, but again, he knows Kilkenny have that anyway. Do you know what kind of way? Like, so we mm -hmm. don't learn anything new. Like, we kind of 
I don't think we really learn much about the NES when they won't give up something that we already kind of knew, like you know, the type of way. But I think it's very hard to know. I mean, the league they lost to Cork, Cork have lost three games since it doesn't look like a brilliant result in hindsight. Like, you know, they weren't fantastic in the league, kind of like Tipperary and Cork beat them, you know, like what level are they at is a good question. The Dublin game probably be one that we'll know a bit more about like both teams will kind of have to win that so but i don't know Kenny. like they got a draw yesterday they would probably have one foot in it but not one foot but they would have been in a much better place to get to a Leinster final and all Ireland quarter final you know so or preliminary quarter final but but um cody will be he'd never be happy to lose in Kenny. but i suppose the reality is galway probably have a better set of players than them at the moment and i'd say he'd like to get galway in a rematch in crow park but then on the other hand I'd say Henry Shefflin wouldn't mind that either, like because I say Galway could beat them by a bit more in an open field to Crow Park. You know, kind of way it could be, could be a bit of a different story again. So Kenny would be, I'd say Cody would be, he'd never say it publicly, but I say he'd be happy enough with the performance yesterday despite the defeat. And I'd say they'd be reasonably confident to turn over Dublin in the next game. But then Maddie Kenny wouldn't be fearful like Kenny either. But I probably expected this one. I'd probably expect Kenny to beat Dublin to be honest. Yeah, I suppose when you look at the the track record of the two teams, really in the last. You know, ten years or so, it, it generally has been Kilkenny who who do seem to have Dublin's number very much at the at the moment. Running through the other two games in Leinster very quickly. I mean, Leash twelve points, Wexford six twenty one. I mean, you see a scoreline like that, I don't really know what what much to say really. But Wexford, you know, doing the job. It was obviously Dublin who finished with twenty seven points. Your own county there, Westmead with one sixteen. I suppose the main takeaway really from looking at those both, you know, both of those two scorelines is could score difference come back to, to haunt Dublin here a bit because they only beat Leash by I think two points in total and obviously they've put up an eight point win against Westmead I mean it's a good scoreline to win a game in, in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship don't get me wrong but when you're seeing the type of scores that Wexford are putting up Galway are putting up and Kilkenny will put up against the against these teams could that maybe come back to haunt Dublin do you think? Um, not really but I think the main thing for Dublin was beating Wexford that was kind of the main game of the first three was getting mm. two points against Westmead and, or four points from the two games against Westmead and Leash and, and beating Wexford and they managed to do so Like so, despite Wexford beating Leash by, by a huge margin and Dublin beating Leash by two points Dublin are still in a much much better position and barring a meltdown Dublin are, are, are going to get through ahead of Wexford like you're barring a, probably an unlikely series of results like you know that type of way Aaron so like Dublin have if Dublin can get anything against Kilkenny, they're nearly guaranteed to get through. So Dublin, Maddie Kenny would be very, very pleased. Like, and I'd say he would have been happy. If he said to him after the first three matches, did have six points, he'd be delighted. And I wouldn't say he would care how they came by because uh, really and truly at this stage, it's all about qualifying for the for the, um, for the the knockout stage. That's really, but now Dublin probably would love to win a Leinster title, but is it team good enough to beat Dublin or to beat Galway or Kilkenny? I'm not sure they beat Galway last twice. To, could they beat Kilkenny in Crow Park? Probably could, I suppose, but Dublin... I'd say they took it. They were up a third before the year. While they never say it, they probably would have taken it. To be honest. Yeah, and and obviously for yourself as a as a Westmead man, I mean, we uh, I was having a chat with Matthew Hurley from the GA Statsman podcast there last week, and we were discussing some of the big one sided results you obviously get in in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship at the minute, and it's it's obviously a given really that Leash and Westmead will fairly you know pretty confidently enough lose every game other than when they play each other so like what are your thoughts on that obviously when you're seeing your own county Westmead go out and get 20 30 point hammerings week in week out I mean like is there an argument there to to do something with the Leinster championship and and move it around I mean it's a hard one really because I think Westmead have earned the right to be in there and I think Leash have earned the right to be in there because they've they've shown that they can consistently stay in 
uh, the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship. But at the same time, you're looking at these results and Wexford putting up a 27-point win against Leash and you're kind of wondering really, like, what's what's the point really, you know? Well, I just think it's a massive failure at the GA and it's 135, 140-year existence has been the failure to bring up more counties in Hurling. Like, it's been the same county here since day one and it just seems to be getting wired not an hour and I, I don't know if there really if there is any massive efforts there to be i'm not sure now but like it's just, there is no right or wrong answer and it, it just goes round and round in circles like with me to try it really hard get a good managing setup to get good good lads running the show everything but just comes back to the whole to, to just seem to always fall short and like could be sitting here 20 30 years the same eight or 19 and no improvement so i just don't know what the solution is like you go down to the b competitions and you might win them, but there's no play at the matches. There's no coverage, no nothing. Just, 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 there's no right or wrong. You're either going to be getting hammerings in the A or playing in Bs where nobody seems to really care. Like, so oh, just, just, there's no, there is actually no real, mm. there just seems to be no sort of promotion for this. And there's nowhere, there is no grey area. Like, as we see Jerry yesterday coming from Division 4 to beating the All Ireland champions by 10 points. Like, you couldn't just go around in a scenario where we're seeing someone like Leitrim Herbert beating Kilkenny by 20 points, which is the equivalent of 11 point win in Hurling in Nolan Park. Like, that's never going to happen. And, in our lifetime, I can safely say that now, you know, with any without any sort of sense of that coming back to bite us. But I just don't think that 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 I just don't I just don't see where like it just seems like I don't know, can you see Darren? Can you see a situation in the next twenty years where any sort of hurling team comes to be all earning contenders? Like and I'm gonna talk about mm. winning the odd match or being there, but I'm actually talking about being genuine serious contenders to win all Ireland and that would be the likes of Westmead off the Antrim leash Carlo actually being in on an Ireland semi-final and merit and being there with a very good chance of victory, you know? Yeah, as you said there, like there's no, when you look through the history, like when you look through the history books, really, there's no, you know, it's kind of funny sometimes with, with Gaelic football, you look you look back at big shocks, big provincial shocks, big moments, really hasn't been many in Hurling. Like you'd look at Dublin's rise maybe in 2013, 2011 as a sort of a surprise. But even at that, you'd look at obviously the, resources that Dublin have and and funding that's been pumped into Dublin and the amount of pitches, clubs that have been redeveloped and games development officers, all the rest, you know, it's probably not that big of a surprise really when you look at the the overall sort of impact of it. Maybe you could look at Limerick and sort of their rise. You know, they were they were very much probably the one of the weakest counties in yeah. Munster. But even at that, they're still a traditional hurling county. They've still had history of winning all Orleans in the past, you know, so and history of having great hurlers. So yeah, you'd look at it and you think really that there's probably you just don't see it. And I don't know if in counties like Leitrim and Cavan and, and all the rest and, and everywhere else, it's just kind of accepted really that they're not that good and no one really wants to put in the effort or, you know, no one wants to put in a bit of money or a bit of funding here or there. And it's just, it's just one of them things that's just accepted really, unfortunately. And I think the main, the big thing really that probably needs to change in my opinion is more promotion for Joe McDonough cup and more of these games to be shown because, you know, I feel like if they start to do that, maybe then people can get an interest. But like if you're a say, for example, if you're a down Hurland fan, a staunch down Hurland fan, you know, unless you're going to all the games, you're not going to see much about your county. You're not going to hear much about players. You're not, you know, you're not, there's no promotion. There's no real sort of incentive to actually go and watch them, you know? No, I doubt me good friend Rowan she and his manager down in fierce nice but he's doing great working down but it was mm. they're trying to now to be fair to Rowan they're putting in genuine interest there and they are trying to improve mm. clubs and they're doing everything off the pitch rather than just one kind of token gesture bringing an outsider these lads to kind of come in for a few years and kind of back to square one then so down are probably one county but again down does have that slight bit of tradition that other counties may may might not have to that extent you know but I suppose um the that's the way that the hurling is really and uh, unless there's really unless any counties actually say 
we're going to put in 10 new clubs, hire coaches, do massive fundraising, and get every pitch, all this, and we're going to really try and compete, then the race is not going to change. And like realistically, our county is going to do that, not in my opinion or not. Like Dublin was a bit different. It was very, it was obviously the funded injection in Dublin, and it was probably, it was kind of a rise. There was a few factors. There was obviously the population growth, the fact that a lot of the clubs in football also had hurt in strongholds. And Dublin, even that, Aaron, like we're using them as an example, but they're still, in my opinion, they're still a long way off winning an All Ireland hurling title, to be honest. You know, I kind of win. And they did well, Anthony Daly was a reserve. The Daly did a great job in Dublin, but I don't think Dublin, I don't think they're probably a great example to do that. Well, the only county I could see that has potential, even though the underage results have dried up, is Antrim, because they do have a bit of population in Antrim and there is that tradition. So the fact they have the city and they have the, the tradition, they might do something. But even then, can I see Antrim being All Ireland contenders in the next 10 years? Probably not. And like All Ireland contenders is where. Waterford are now like the top two or three teams and bang, bang on the door. I don't see all our contenders as being a county that gets within seven points at the quarterfinal stage and goes up. You know, I, do, just, I just don't see it on a personal level, to be honest. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would I would agree with you as well. I do think there is there is a lot of very good players coming through Dublin at the, at the minute under twenty level and minor level, but probably are just yeah a good bit off potentially. You know, challenging the the big teams. And I think definitely trying to win a Leinster Championship really is probably the, the first step for, for Dublin Hurland really before they can start thinking about All-Irelands or, or anything of that nature. I suppose before we finish up, we'll discuss the one game in the Munster Senior Hurland Championship and that was Cork, 2-20, Clare, 28 points. Big win for Clare, you know, that's back-to-back wins now. They obviously got that big win over Tipperary last weekend as well. Two defeats on the spin now for Cork, so big disappointment for them. But for Clare, they're motoring very, very well, and they're certainly going under the radar, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I suppose we'll start with Cork. Just after that, the Ireland final, I thought, you know, naively in hindsight, that Cork were a county that were really coming, that they had a really young team. The setup looked very, very good. They got an awful beat in the final, but I thought that was kind of a young team just getting there, and next year the, the clap was closing. I, my opinion was reinforced with the league. I thought that they were flying in the league. They looked excellent. They looked like they had turned the corner. The league final, Waterford, just momentum stalled totally since then. They haven't been able to get going at all. And they're just back to square one now. And I'd argue they've actually taken a step backwards since last year nearly because Clare, they had beaten Clare last year in terms of the qualifiers. Now, to be fair to Clare, they've got a few lads back, like Peter Logan and these lads. But having said that, Cork should be. I'm very disappointed with Cork yesterday. Now, I think, Aaron, if that match had gone ahead in Porky Queeve, now, the fact that it was a two-point is very unfair on court. Just following on Twitter, it looked like Clare were seven or eight points of everything. They had a red card as well. So, But if it was in Corky Cueve, Clare, it certainly would have been worth a few extra points to Cork. And it wouldn't have been... like There was 20,000 at the match yesterday. I'm only going to predict... I'm not going to try and predict how many Cork Clare fans. But Clare mightn't even have brought 1,000 fans to, to Cork. Do you know? It would have been all red. And Cork really do get behind the team at home. And, oh, I think if it was in Corky Cueve, the outcome might have been different. But look, that's neither here nor there. Now, I suppose... I can't see Cork winning in Watch Park at the moment, but if they do manage to put out a win out of nowhere against Waterford, then suddenly you're looking at a path where they're playing a Tipperary team who probably have a dead rubber game. Maybe if they lose to Limerick, because they could be playing tipping a dead rubber game, they could be playing a preliminary quarter final against the Joe McDonough finalists or winners, and then playing an All Ireland quarter final against the Leinster runners up. So suddenly you're looking at three winnable games where Cork could be going into the All Ireland semi final with a lot of momentum, but. Having said that, it all relies on the winning in Watch Park, and at the moment, I don't see Cork winning in Watch Park, to be honest. And I care, I think Kieran Kingston's three year term is up at the end of this year. I don't think you'd seek to have that term extended if Cork don't get out with group, to be honest with Jeremy. You know? Yeah, and I suppose from a Clare point of view, I mean, a team that's definitely improving quite a lot, obviously, with Tony Kelly uh, hitting 10 points on the day. Peter Duggan's obviously come back in there as well. You know, Yvine Galvin, obviously, before he got sent off, Ryan Taylor. I mean, so much options, really, 
all across the pitch, Cahill Malone in around the middle. I mean, Claire, I mean, are they could they be a side really that are sort of dark horses are going under yeah. the radar in terms of the overall all Ireland big picture? Because as you were saying before, even if they finish third, let's say in the in the Munster Championship, let's say they get beat by Limerick and Waterford, which you know, I, I'm not even you know, I think they could really give a, a good battle to those two sides, and I think they could potentially cause a, a big shock to, to either one of those counties. But you're looking at it and thinking, you know, getting to an all Ireland semi final. It's not exactly inconceivable at, at this stage for for a county like Clare, and and maybe when you've got Limerick at Waterford at one and two, you know Clare probably aren't too far behind the the chasing pack that is probably Waterford as number two at the minute. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I suppose it was, it'd be very unfair not to mention Clare after their excellent performance yesterday and against Tip. They played really well in two games. Brian Lohan's doing a great job. It's a very proud hurling county. Tony Kelly is obviously exceptional. Peter Duggan's exceptional. Herding. They have a few very, very good hurlers, and they'll be very hard beaten. And I suppose um, we'll we'll know an awful lot because Ennis has traditionally been a very happy ground for Clare. And if they can win any, of, if they can beat Waterford or Limerick and Ennis, they'll be guaranteed a place in the Munster final. And again, it goes back to what we were saying about Derry there with avoiding Kerry Dublin. If Clare were to get to a Munster final, they'd avoid Limerick and Waterford until the All Ireland final. And also. Clare haven't won an Ireland final in nearly 30 years, or a Munster title in nearly 30 years, if my knowledge is correct. Mm. I don't think they've won it since 95 there. So maybe 97 at the very latest. Like, but like Clare had the fact they haven't won it for that long, like that was Munster is really on the on the eye on the lips of a lot of Clare people, and they would absolutely love to get to a Munster final and play against Limerick or Waterford or Cork. Well, Cork won't be getting to the final, I don't think they can mathematically get there. But to, to get to a Munster final would be huge, and they would have had to beat Waterford or Limerick in this. Now, where Clare could really benefit is that. If Limerick are to beat Tipperary, they will be guaranteed to go through ahead of that. And when they were guaranteed to be in the top three in 2019, John Kiley rested a lot of lads for the last round against Tip, which Tip actually won Tipperary. And like if they do that, if, if Kiley does that again, presuming Limerick beat Tip, then Clare have a reason to beat them in Ennis, and then Clare will be in a Munster final. Like John Kiley doesn't seem to be too bothered about the Munster Championship once they get through. He wants to be in the top three, and after that. Mm really seem to bother him that much at all. Now, if he gets to the Munster final, he'll go gung to win it, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be, he's not, he's, I don't think Kylie's obsessed about winning the Munster, he wants to win the All-Ireland, which is understandable totally, but Clare would love a crack at Munster, and they, like, if they could avoid a Limerick or Waterford to the All-Ireland final, it's very hard to see them not getting to, getting to the All-Ireland final, you know? Yeah, and as you were saying there as well, like I suppose earlier about Cork, I mean, very disappointing result, I suppose, for them, they were obviously chasing the game for, for, for large parts, really, and you know, it's hard to know really with Cork because, as you were saying before, like I was kind of of the same agreement really of you. Like when when they lost to Limerick, like they've been very successful, obviously at under twenty level, minor level, plenty of players coming through. They still have a great bunch of players already in there, and Horg and Fitzgibbon, a few of the other lads. So it's hard to know. Like, where do you think it's really gone wrong for them? This year, I mean, it's obviously three defeats on the spin now um, in total, obviously counting that league final. And, and although this game finished a lot closer, Clare probably were very comfortable for large part. So where do you think it's gone wrong for, for the Rebels this year? Well, I was at the Cork match against Limerick last year in the final and semi-final against Kenny. I was at the league final this year against Waterford. And I was at the the month first round of Munster against Limerick. And the biggest criticism I have from Cork is they don't seem to learn from the mistakes, the shortcomings from previous matches. And they seem to kind of do more or less the same thing and play into other teams' hands constantly. And I think that's probably where they go. And I think the fact Limerick gets a bit of a ship, a bit of a beating it, it wasn't losing to Limerick that was the issue for Cork. It was more the manner of it. They kind of, oh, they didn't really lie with their boots on, did they? Like, and I was down there, Aaron, in Portugal that game. It felt like 
very much like a league game. It was just there was no atmosphere, even though it was championship. The place was full. It was record. It should have been a great day, and it just it wasn't. It was just the opposite. There was no energy in the crowd, and they, and they are a very loud crowd. They're they're great fans. I always give a good comparison. I always think Cork hurlers are a bit like Dublin footballers are. It's the biggest sport in a big city, and everyone gets behind the team. And I suppose this is not being stereotypical or anything, but a lot of people that would follow the core team wouldn't necessarily be hugely involved in grassroots GA and it's like a lot of the people who follow Dublin footballers might necessarily be involved in grassroots GA in Dublin. You know the type of way there'd be a lot of people who would just be huge Dublin fans and see a real identity with the team. And it's the same in Cork, you know, but they really do get great fans on their day, do you know? But like oh, it's just it's a pity. I just kind of feel sorry for the life They just seem to have very, very little to cheer about over the last 17 years and it's more of it this year. And I know I just think I'd love to see them go to Walsh Park and win. It would be a real, real statement and a real it would be a real two fingers up for this core team to the critics who have been very, very vocal and won't be silent them anymore. But I suppose in hindsight, clear winning yesterday wasn't really a shock. And I don't know, I just think Waterford they'd love to really put Cork out of the championship and do it inside, to be honest with Jaron, you know. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, and, and that's the interesting one with Cork is seems to be one step forward, two steps back consistently with them. You know, you think of 2018 when they got to that All Ireland semi final, probably should have beat Limerick that day, go out, then obviously do nothing in 2019, um, get beaten the quarterfinals. It just seems to be one step forward, two steps back a lot of the time with the with the Cork hurlers. Just running through some of the the John McDonough Cup games there briefly. It was Antrim 222, Carlo 122. It was Kerry 625, me 13 points. And then down to 18, Offaly 126. Any thoughts on um, any of them results there? I suppose big win for Offaly against Down. Um, you'd probably fancy Offaly and Antrim really to be in that top two, I suppose, and be in that Joe McDonough Cup final at the at the end of the season. You probably would. I think it's a three-horse race between Antrim, Offaly and Kerry at the moment officially. But Antrim, I think they're going to beat Mead. As long as they're, they're in the final, which I would say the way they will, I think they're going to win one of the last two games. So I think we can nearly put Antrim in the final. And I think that... The Offaly and Kerry could. I'm not sure if it's a playoff because Kerry lost to Down. It probably Offaly still might be able to might be able to afford another slip up, but probably would be Offaly Antrim at the moment. I fancy Antrim to win. I think they have a very good set of hurlers, and Darren Gleason's done a very nice job there. And I suppose probably in contradiction to what we we're saying earlier, he has genuinely helped Antrim improve a lot. Darren mm. Gleason since he came in, and I fancy this to be their year. And and I suppose one more thing is like, and I suppose this is probably looking a bit ahead, but the winners and the runners up of the Joe McDonough do play the. They play the third place team in Munster and Leinster. I'm not sure exactly which team plays which, but if Antrim were to get, and I suppose people, Maddie Kenny won't let me hear it, but if Antrim were to get Dublin or a Wexford in Corrigan Park, now Dublin have also had a number, but I'd expect Dublin or Wexford to win, but it certainly would not be would not be easy up in Corrigan Park, and that would be actually a good occasion bringing a big hurling game to Corrigan Park or to Ballycastle or to Dunloy, one of those grounds in Antrim. But Antrim are a good team, and but awfully, awfully are not bad either. Now they probably were very poor in the relegation. They have Antrim have beaten them twice this year, but the last Joe Matona game, Antrim against Antrim, awfully competed very very well. But I probably fancy Antrim to win that competition just at the early team and Kildare to win the Bristol Ring and push at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose before we finish up, then who would be your player of the week and Bo? Football and hurling, obviously a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of top players, I suppose, across uh, across both codes this weekend. But who would you be? Who would you be looking at? Player of the week, Jesus, it's a it's a tricky one, I suppose. We'll start with the football. I suppose I'm going to pick out someone, probably a bit of a left field choice. I'm going to go for Connor Doherty and Derry. I thought he was absolutely excellent yesterday against them, um, against them, um, against them. Um, Toronto thought Doherty really stood out. Really, he was probably man of the match on the day, I suppose. The hurling one is tricky. Um, there, who would you who would we go for? I'd probably go for we'd go for one of the Clare players. Thought Clare were were absolutely superb yesterday, and I suppose um, 
the tricky one player of the week. I suppose the way he's returned, probably Peter Duggan will go with him. Should player the way he's kind of coming in, giving a new dimension to the, to the Clare team. But you know, I didn't actually get seen the match yesterday, Clare, to be honest with you. So I don't want to kind of be 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 be, be, be going rushing to assumptions. But I suppose yeah, we'll go with him. Um, we'll go we'll go with him um, with Peter Duggan for Clare for for earlier the week for the moment. Yeah, that's that, that's a that's a fair assessment. They'll probably go with Conor Callahan from a. A Dublin perspective, obviously having him back in the team, one five in the in the second half versus Wexford was very impressive, and Joseph Cooney I thought was very good for for Galway against uh, Kilkenny. But yeah, can't argue with, with obviously the the influence of of Peter Duggan on that Clare side, and undoubtedly he'll be a, a big player for Clare this year, I suppose. Uh, Connor, appreciate you jumping on, and um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get you on in the in the future at some point. Oh no problem, Ryan. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers, folks. <laughs>